Welcome back to Hosers. My name is Chris Killingsworth, and joining me as always is my co-host Carter Lupel. What's going on, Carter? How's it going, Chris? It's going good. We've got uh, episode 18. Joining us for episode 18 is our friend Tim Waugh. What's going on, Tim? Oh, not a whole lot. Just ate some rice and broccoli. We're going to continue to break down the free agency. Uh, Before we get started, I want to address some listener feedback that I got this week. And the first part of it um, is that I trimmed down the intro sample and people were not thrilled about that. So instead of it being Getty Lee talking for 30 seconds, it's just right to the point, intro music, I come in, we're good to go. Um, But yeah, it wasn't as highly received as it normally is. So people were not so thrilled with me on that. So we ended last week uh, with... Basically, Tim tearing apart the Chicago Blackhawks only to be like, oh, but I like Henry Yokoharju, so that's good. Um, Which is totally fair. Adam Boquist is going to be on their blue line someday. that that gets sick, too. How funny is it that a guy like Boquist just kind of, like, falls to Chicago, and then within, what, a month, he's somehow coming over in the import draft to London? Yeah, eh? that's funny. I like that. Kind of weird, but whatever. Arguably, I think he'll probably get a little bit more ice time with a team like London. Like, he'll be their number one guy next year, because oh, yeah. I imagine Bouchard doesn't come back. Yeah. But um, let's move into Colorado. So if we look at Colorado, they're kind of the next team on our on our docket here. Um, nothing too crazy to me. The one thing that I think stands out uh, was the Philip Grubauer signing, being able to acquire Grubauer um, and re-sign him to a contract pretty well right away. And I think that was the only trade that happened the day of the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, did anything stand out to you, Tim, as far as some of the stuff that Colorado's done? Um, anything that jumped out at you at all? Well, they're A, they're geniuses. I mean... Ottawa's Otto kind of making them look like geniuses. So they have they have their first next year, and they have their third uh, their third next year too. So they have Ottawa's first and third pick uh, the year after that they're totally just falling apart. So they'll probably be pretty good lottery picks, or it's going to be a lottery yeah. pick for sure. Um, and it's not lottery protected either that pick, right? Absolutely not. They the, the, yeah. the, the they got to pick this year or next year, so I was I that's was right. saying they should have let him let it go because I don't know, but that's um, people seem to think that Brady Kachuk is is really good, and I'm sure I'm sure he is. I haven't seen too much of him, um, but if you had a shot at getting a guy like Jack Hughes next year, I feel like you got to take that shot. No, yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm the way I see it is. I always, I always look at it as you got to take your guy. So if you're going in and you're saying, ah, you know what, like I'll just take the best guy on the board. Like you might as well trade down or like do make a move to like get assets or do something that's good for your team to get the guy you want. So if, yeah. so like you said, like if, if I'm gonna, 
If I am going to throw, literally throw my chance away, my ticket in the trash for Jack Hughes next year, you know, either Kachuk has to be worth it or you got to make moves to get back in that get back in that hunt. Like, you got to get a pick back for sure. They have to. they got to get at least one in the Carlson trade. It won't be a good one because it'll probably be Dallas or Tampa. But, um, yeah. Because I heard De- Or Vegas, maybe, yeah, maybe. potentially. I heard, I, I, I heard Dallas is back in the driver's seat, but who, who knows anymore. It's like a, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a joke. Anyway, but I like, I like Grubauer. I like the Grubauer signing. I think Rantanen's gonna be probably one of the top ten <clears throat> players in the league next year. That's my, that's yep, my uh, I agree. scalding hot take. I don't even think it's that hot of a take because anybody who's seen his his production last season, like Rantanen is a super super underrated. I would say even undervalued player for sure. Um, and I think that he'll he'll continue to have. Uh, like a lot of success there. The other thing that I thought was interesting as well is some of the depth signings that they had. So they also signed a guy like uh, Matt Calvert to play, I would imagine, probably middle six with some time on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the uh, the Ian Cole signing as well. I'm not so sure I'm crazy about the cap hit, but the term seems pretty reasonable, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, they need to bolster their blue line a little bit, um, which which they've done by you know getting a couple of other depth pieces like Mark Barbario and Mark Alt. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Ian Cole? Any anything that stands out to you? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead, Carter. Whoa, Carter, jumping in. Well, you've been neglecting me, Chris, so I have to jump in. Sorry, call it like it is. I'm sorry. Um, Ian Cole, like he's like if you look at him, he comes out of Notre Dame. He's got two cups, like. Columbus kind of like slowed his slowed his pace down a bit but like he's the type of like person that like Colorado needs somebody with like that current playoff experience and like that excitement of having a Stanley Cup and someone who's kind of been in the league for that length Um, but I think Ian Cole's gonna shine for them this year yeah it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people really like I for example don't really care too much about whether you've been you know whether you have several cups or not but even if we look at a guy like Jay Beagle who just signed this crazy deal in Vancouver because he won a cup um you know even though we don't value it it's it's obvious to me that the GMs value it quite a bit um so yeah good point Carter anything for you there Tim um yeah I mean I, it, it's good to have guys like that in the room, obviously, because it's. I, I feel like personally, like, I would want to play with somebody who's gone the distance and knows what it's like. Even if it's yeah, it's Jay Beagle. Like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't lighting it up or anything, but he he made some. You know, he was playing some crucial minutes, and he was he's been in the playoffs a bunch of times. The guys, but he's been around the block, so. Yeah, um, if absolutely. you're gonna if you're gonna sign a guy like that, might as well get a guy that has that kind of experience. You know what I mean? So, I Definitely. think the contract's a joke, but that's besides the point. We'll get to that. We'll get to. The now, if we move gears a little bit to Columbus, um, probably the most attractive name on this here is Nash. Uh, no, I'm just joking. It's not. <laughs> it's weird for me because they have Riley Nash, and then they're probably gonna get Rick Nash. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I was going to say Duclair. Um, You've got a lot of experience. You watched Duclair play quite a bit in uh, Arizona. And then I'm not sure if you followed him to Chicago at all. But what can Columbus... I had to justify that (laughs) trade to a bunch of people for a couple weeks. 
including me, because I texted you right after it happened. Was like, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, I felt I felt good about it. I was I was probably the only person that wasn't like, whoa, what's going on? Because like, yeah, he was apparently. So this came out in the uh, this came out in the media, like the Coyotes media, a couple days after the fact. But they were trying to get rid of Duclair almost months after they got him in that Yandel trade. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, and that's interesting, too. I always forget that he was a part of that because he, he had a 20-goal season with the Rangers, trade. right? Yeah, before he went the other way. That's yeah. right, yeah. He was. The, it was him, John Moore, and I believe a pick. So. Uh, Fuck, I forgot John Moore was a part of that trade, too, eh? He yeah. just signed a nice ticket in Boston. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I liked him, but, yeah, he wasn't part of the plan long term. But, I mean... So... Why do you think that they were trying to move on from him? Uh, just a lot of a lot of people were saying he was not uh, he wasn't he wasn't too good in the room. Like not not to say like he was I don't like I don't I wasn't there so I don't know. But um, I just a lot of just vagueness about how he wasn't really fitting the fitting the the, the vibe in there. And you know they got they got yeah. rid of everybody who they were saying that about. They're like well. Claire is kind of a not really playing the kind of playing to our tune, so we got to move him because it's it's toxic, especially on a team that's trying to do better. Um, yeah, you wonder though, and I I don't mean this in a disparaging way, Tim, but do you think for a team like Arizona who's had challenges that it like that might be the culture that they have, like that toxic culture, if we can even call it that? None of us were there, so we don't really know. But do you think that? Like some of that negativity is perpetuated by the team's <clears throat> performance over the last couple. Well, it of years. definitely was, but um, you know we we're trying to turn a corner, and he was he was one of the first early moves of us trying to get the young pieces together. Um, yeah. So I can see why he'd still be like pretty bummed about you know like he was doing well in New York, and he you know and then all of a sudden in the summer he just gets shipped to a team that was just awful. Um, yeah, it's true. And it's so, and you know, I mean, I get that that sucks, but you're playing with. He was playing with Domi, who was like best buddy. They they killed in the World Juniors the year prior, um, or two years prior, I think. And uh, yeah, it was just I don't know. He he had his moments. He had really good streaks, and then he also you know he had nine goals in like half a season with us. So it was uh and then he only got two more goals after that for like the last 23 games of the year so he wasn't you know it 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 could have been like what was happening in the like in the lo- in in the locker room or it could have just been you know check is like hey he, he still has value let's move him for a guy that could be better and panic was way better yeah panic killed it for us so yeah, and I think, you know, the type of contract that Anthony Duclair signed one year, you know, it's going to be the, the the minimum contract, so 650000 Um, You know, it just seems to me like Columbus is just taking a flyer on a guy who, you know, put up 20 goals before. Maybe, you know, he can have similar luck with some some time on the power play. He's probably replacing a guy like Matt Calvert, he, who we just spoke about, Duclair right? I think knows that he needs to hit the reset button, and uh, I think he took... I think he had other offers, but he took this one. He left money on the table. I think I read somewhere that he actually left money on the table to sign this deal because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to prove, he wanted a one-year cheap deal to prove that he was still a good player and he could work his way back up to, you know, trying to get that notoriety. He's only 23, so like, or sorry, he's only 22, so you can't really write the kid off yet. But 
Do, what position does he play, left or right wing? He, he's played both in the past, but he's traditionally a right wing. And did he play on the power play quite a bit in Arizona? Yeah, he had just about every opportunity. Uh, Brendan Perlini kind of beat him out of that job. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he did well. I mean, as well as a guy with nine goals can do. But Yeah, I ask because I wonder if he could see some power play time with a guy like Panera sure and whether sure that they'll, might. they'll throw him out there. Teams do that all the time. Like, just because you're not producing doesn't mean you're not good at scoring goals. Doesn't mean you can't make you know like, you can't make it happen. So he's not he's not done. I don't know. He's I, I, I feel good about it. I hope he does well. He's a good. I like I like watching him. Yeah, to me it seems like Columbus took a few gambles here. One of their uh, RFAs that they had was Boone Jenner, and they were able to re-sign him for four years at a cap hit just below four million at three point seven five. Did that stand out to either of you at all? Any any thoughts about Boone Jenner re-signing for that kind of cap hit? Uh, well, he's been kind of like steadily declining, like in his points over the years. So I'm surprised that they were like that apt to get him for that long, and um, and for that much. You know, like his performance has been going down. His plus-minus has been going up. Um, maybe they just like the fact that he's from Oshawa. But <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. For being specific here. Oh, sorry. He's born in Dorchester, <laughs> played in Oshawa. See, it's weird. I thought Boone Jenner would have at least cracked 40 points, and the last time he did that was in 2015. Yeah, a while back. Um, he had 30 goals And I mean, that he year. missed... Like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great year for him. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe they're hoping that, that he can turn it around a little bit. You know what? I mean, I think that's likely what they're doing. I don't think they really expect too much more of him than what he's doing now. I think if he stays like a 30, 35-point guy, they're not going to be bummed. The guy, the guy has been a warrior for them forever, and he, he's, like, yeah. he's their sticky guy. He does everything that he's a fan favorite. People love him. He's, he's got an A. He's... He deserved a he deserved a raise. He got a good paycheck, and I mean, the ugliness of it is the business is yeah. He's gonna if he's like they're gonna buy him out, or if he's like if he gets really bad, they're gonna buy him out or wave him or send him down or something. But yeah. they did give him this chance. They said, okay, like you've been you've been great to us, so let's give him a contract. That's what I feel like it was at least. He's still a good player. It just so. it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Like I get that they're trying to take a gamble on him, but you know. I guess when you look at recency biases, like I look at a guy like Riley Nash, who's the next guy on our list here, probably the other kind of big name here as far as center depth goes. Um, he had 41 points last year in 76 games. Um, and for a guy like that, who is like the year before 17 points, year before that 22, 25, 24, um, he had never cracked more than 30 points. Um, he, he last time he cracked it was when he played for the Charlotte Checkers in 2012. So you know there there's recency bias at its finest. But even then, I don't think that that that's too egregious. Yeah, it's a million dollars less with a year less than what Boone Jenner's getting. But see, Boone Jenner's hotter. Yeah, I know you always hit. look for that, Carter, and I appreciate that about <laughs> you. <laughs> But see, and, and I'm letting my biases aside because Nash played at Cornell. I was gonna, ju- I was literally about to say that because so I know that he played at Cornell. I'm put, I'm putting my my two A biases aside and saying Boone is by far hotter than Nash. 
Well, speaking uh, <laughs> speaking of players who have better looks than skill on the ice, let's move to Dallas. Uh, Dallas signed Roman Polak for a one-year, $1.3 million contract. What say you, Carter? Uh, you know how I feel about Polak. He's just confused. He keeps thinking the NHL is the ASHL every time he goes to sign up at his local rink. I, do, I think he can be an effective, like, 6'7 guy. Um, you know, people talk about it all the time on Twitter. Like, playoff Roman Polak is, like, a different player than the one that we see in the regular season. And I think he, at times, could be effective. But he didn't look, uh, don't get me wrong, he hasn't looked great in a few years. But he really didn't look like himself last year after he broke his leg. Um, do you have any kind of inclination as to why they would have signed a deal like that, Tim, especially for a guy like Polak, who's he's going to be very, very low on the depth chart. I think for a team like Dallas, I think he's he's good depth. Like they don't see him anything more than that. He might play like he, he might end up playing like 60 to 82 games. Like in that range, he might play a full season, but this is a, it's a big, it's a big year for, uh, Dallas. Um, because well, it, besides the Carlson chatter, like it's it's one of those years where they got a lot of guys on the on the precipice of they could come in and, and play full time. Um, I know they they gave a few games to uh, to Remy Ellie and uh, you know uh, what's it called what's his name uh, Michael Mersh might get some time. He's he's been killing it in the AHL. So uh, Joel Hanley I, I felt was a defenseman that could be playing where Roman Polak will be playing, yeah. but yeah. Um, Again, like they're, I, to, in my mind, they're A B. Like they could, they could just be, fight duking it out in camp. So who knows? Um, and then Miro Heiskanen, yeah. if if he's still there, if he's not, you know, he's their golden goose, and they're, they're really hoping he pans out. He, uh, I don't know if he's old enough to, to get a crack, but I think they want him up as soon as humanly possible because he's going to be a force. I think. Like that kid's and that's it. Like. I think he's yeah. just taking up space. Like he, he, he seems like he, like it's when you look at players like Chris's favorite Ben Smith. Like it, it feels <laughs> Thanks, like, buddy. like Roman Polak should have been there with. Like he should go back to the Rivermen or something. Like I feel like he was because he never. <laughs> like I love that you're just like send him back to Peoria. <laughs> yeah, like they can deal with them. Like. It's, I don't even think the Rivermen are a team anymore. I know that's the fucking joke. He's been oh, okay, here for sorry. Way, he's been here for sorry. way too way too long. Um, yeah. Like and like, when has he ever cracked seven points? Like. What? Yeah, but you know what it to, is. You know what it is. He's he skates <laughs> like he's he's a he's a warm body and he shoots bright. And in the NHL, yeah. if you can keep up at least and shoot right, then your stock is. Chris is a warm body and shoots. Well, I was gonna say, so year. you're saying I have a chance. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> what's all this one in a million talk? You got, you got, <laughs> you got 12 points last year in 54 yeah. games, and I don't sure think enough, yeah, he would be getting contract offers. Well, really, I mean, he still could, honestly, because who knows people how people are in the room and stuff. But he's he's nothing special except he shoots right, and he's a big body. So why not? Yeah. Well, I mean. They've got other things to look forward to, though. Um, Valerie Natushkin's back from the KHL, signed a pretty reasonable deal, just a hair under $3 million for two years. Yep. Blake Como is a signing that I really yeah, liked. Yeah, I love that. Um, and Anton Hudobin as their backup goaltender. 
I think like that's a pretty brilliant move. Two and a half million for two years, and you know that he can he can start a little bit more um, than some of the depth they've had at that position before. And yeah, like we know Ben Bishop is like a a glass. Like he has the tendency to uh, to be injured for periods of time, and probably. Well, not probably, obviously, to his detriment, the team's detriment. But I think the signing here that stood out to me the most was uh, Nikushkin, because um, I think that, you know, a team like Dallas is going to need to score goals. Um, and I think he's coming back after a few years in the KHL and, and can have some positive impact there. Good. I'm glad that we all agree on that. That's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Were you asking? Moving on. <laughs> no, that was more of a no, statement. Like yeah. he's he's going to do I agree. good. <laughs> I, agree. I think he's going to do great. Yeah. Now with the looming Carlson talk, um, do you think if they're able to get Carlson, it's more of a chip that they can use um, to re-sign Tyler Sagan to a more team-friendly deal? Uh, I don't think Tyler Sagan cares about that. Uh, he's yeah. coming off of a very generous five point seven five million dollar deal. Um, I don't think he really, you know, he, he's been on that since 2013. Um, like most players like that, the next step is, okay, I'm going to get paid. He's looking for his, he's right. looking for his nine by eight next year. And I mean, if that's... And maybe, I don't know if he gets it though, because this Kucherov signing yesterday, does that reset the market a little bit? Do you think, we'll get to Tampa, no, but do you think that that... I think it's well understood that money is more value in in the state of Florida, um, to make, to make what Kucherov is making in Toronto, it would have to have been a $12 million deal. Like in terms of real yeah. money, just cause the tax. Yeah. So I know, but I don't know if that factors into it so much. Well, it's got the reason it's I, it's gotta be for the, like, it has to be like the player loses tons of money to taxes. And that's why yeah, but, did his own contract. Cause he wanted to pinch pennies. He blew it by the yeah, way. Yeah. But, but Right. Doughty missed out on all of these fucking bonuses because he decided to do it on his own, which is I've lost a lot of respect for Drew Doughty in the last couple of years. Like he's kind of a piece of shit now. Well, I've never had any um, yeah, I know, but the thing that's weird is is that Doughty straight up was one of my favorite defensemen for years. Like I always liked the guy, liked the way that he played. Um that and like that is kind of so shit like sad. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Go, Are you just going. not a fan? No. I hate him. Oh, it's because you're a fucking Kitchener boy and you didn't like him when he played on Guelph, I bet. I hated him in Guelph. <laughs> I hate him in LA. Yeah, exactly. I knew it. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Wait, did you run into him at a party or something? Like, what's the problem? No, I just, he's the antithesis of everything I am. And, like, okay, give me, you're going to have to be more specific, my friend. Well, Guelph. <laughs> Uh, he's been on the Kings forever. He put us out in the Western Conference Final in 2012. Not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. Just I, and I can't stand the guy. I just don't like him. So you're now joining the club right. that of people that think Drew Doughty is, you know, a bit of a POS. Just a tad. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Well, if we move on from Dallas, uh, Detroit just had within the last couple of hours, a pretty great signing for Anthony Mantha. Uh, 3.3 million for two years. He was an RFA. Um, can I just tell you how excited I am for our Detroit friends 
Um, especially <laughs> our friend Thomas, who's going to be able to write about this if he hasn't already written about it. Um, Anthony Manta is awesome. And I think that he's due for a bit of a breakout, maybe not next year. Cause I think he's going to need a bit more of a supporting cast to do that. And I don't know if he's getting that in, in Detroit right now. Uh, but were there any other signings from Detroit that stood out to either of you? Well, Vanek was great. I mean, he's so oh, yeah. effective. He's he, and, and he obviously likes playing in Detroit cause he's back. And I, yeah. I think he's just gonna, they're not going to do any damage this year. There's, there's so many question marks about Zetterberg. Um, he might not even play, and then how are they going to get a deal done with Larkin because they only got like under three million in cap left, and he's an RFA right now. Um, yeah. Jimmy Howard has been a tire fire since the beginning of time, so Jonathan Bernier is going to have to step it up a few games more than people think this year. I think um, he's going to have to play more than thirty games. He's going to play. He's going to oh, play yeah, like for yeah, sure. He's going to play like half 40 games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they can't buy anyone else out because they already have two buyouts on the books. So I don't know how they're going to make room for Larkin unless Zetterberg does actually retire. Um, yeah. So it's just, then they'll probably trade his contract to Arizona like they did with that suit. Yeah, I'd take it. Because what would you, what would you have to give us to like we're not a we're not a cap floor team anymore. We've spent more money than anybody since the off season. So. Yeah, but I think but you're right though. Like it. It totally fucks them, and I know Carter's going to be upset to hear this, but uh, the Mike Green re-signing makes no fucking sense to yeah, me. It, you can, it makes absolute like you know he's going to play for what thirty-eight games. If he plays more than forty games this year, I'll eat my shoe. Hey, can we, it's not. Can we have a little? Uh, <laughs> can we have a little bet here? A side bet. How many games? Yeah, dude, I love how bets. Many games Hit me with it. So I'm saying for Mike Green, so I'm going to go off the off the book here and say he plays more than forty. More than forty. What? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if he gets like an exoskeleton installed into his body. <laughs> maybe maybe he gets his tribal tats laser removed. <laughs> no, like we've listen. We are like we've long been proponents of him being good looking, but not a great hockey player. And it's not even that he's not a good hockey player. Sorry, let me rephrase that. He's not effective as he was years ago. Obviously, aging <laughs> curves and things like that layer into it. But like he's just he's always injured. Um, any like the fact that they did 5.375 over two years is fucking crazy to me I think that they probably could have signed him to a one year deal like they did with Vanek uh, and then flip it at the trade deadline maybe not for 5 million bucks like that's a lot of money of course Um, but it just doesn't make sense to me that they continue to commit to him um, when you know there's a lot of exciting prospects that um, Detroit has, whether that's a guy like um, Philip Ronick, um, you know, you've got uh, you got some other good pieces there as well. Uh, Chalowski's uh, probably not quite ready for the NHL, but, you know, you've got some guys there that I think could be a bit more impactful long term than a guy like Mike Green, who is just, as he said, is built like he got bullied every day and never ate lunch <laughs> for four years of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he's gonna play in this league. And when he got drafted, See, I, dude, I was I was sitting beside my my good friend, who's a big Red Wings fan, and he was almost crying. See, I, I like Chalowski a lot, and at one point, I don't feel this way anymore, but I did. I've since been on the Ronick uh, hype train oh, that uh, my friend Thomas. Philip Ronick's wicked. I can't wait to see that. Like, he's so sick. But I thought for a long time that uh, Chalowski had a higher upside than him, um, and I was really wrong about that. So, 
But arguably, could a guy like that be more effective than a guy like Mike Green? I don't know. Nobody knows. And nobody Um, will know. But, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Um, Carter, did you have anything to add before we move into the Edmonton Oilers? Um, Just excited to see uh, Bertuzzi there. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I actually like him a lot. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I hope Giovanni Smith gets a good look. Uh, I know he's still yeah. young. I, I think he, he's probably going to just keep just chipping away in the AHL, but I really like that guy's game. I think he's, uh, I think he's interesting because a lot of people uh, kind of write him off as like a physical-only guy, and I don't think that's the case. He, he got traded to Kitchener last year in the OHL for, the, for, their, for their Mem Cup run. And uh, man, he's so—he's just so fun to watch. Like he's so in it all the time. And he had 11 goals yeah. in the playoffs. So he's—he's not—he's yeah. not, he's not a slouch. He, he didn't even have that many him. goals in the season. It was 20. He had nine goals in 27 games in the season. He had 11 goals in 18 playoff games. So he's like—he lives off of the, the hype. So that's a good guy you want to. Yeah. Run. Especially in Detroit, where people will always—it's like Buffalo. People always, always go to those games. Always love the team, no matter how bad they are. So he'll, he'll probably drink that up. I hope his brother gets a shot in Dallas a little bit more as well. I know he's played for Texas. Uh, Jamel Smith, I think his oh, name I is. No um, yeah, his brother plays uh, in Dallas's system. Um, and they're both they're both really fun players. As soon as you mentioned him, I was like, leave your Kitchener bias at the door, <laughs> my friend. Well, uh, but no, he, he was great for Kitchener. Um, I didn't watch Kitchener too much. Uh, ever since Jeremy Bracco left, it just hasn't been the same. And uh, <laughs> get over it. But yeah, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. But yeah, that's oh, that's somebody that how did we could have a lot. Joe Hicketts is still sitting there waiting to make debut and just crush everyone's ass. And I don't know why. That's that was the biggest thing. Why I was like, why are you signing Mike Green? Like. Yeah, he's also too small, though. He's not big enough to play at the NHL. I don't level. know, man. It's the size thing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> the, the size thing is like, it's it's always stupid it's an issue until it's not an issue. Like you just have to right. Like, it's irrelevant. Give him a few games and just see if it's good because players handle their size differently. So. Right. He's also a bit like quicker on his feet. His edge work is really good. Like I think he will be fine as long as Johnny Gaudreau. And I'm not comparing the two of them, but from a size perspective, smaller guys, I think he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of uh, the, well, I guess it's the opposite. I sorry, I keep trying to find like cool segues as we move through the teams. Um, and I was trying to say that. Uh, Ryan Strom's a good uh, good skater and then I was like oh that's impossible none of the Stroms can skate very well they skate about as well as I can um Ryan Strom who's actually the better skater of the three of them would you say because you've had a bit more uh I mean I've watched uh the youngest Strom uh play with Hamilton quite a bit uh in the Mem Cup run last year and then up to snuff either though so who's the who's the best of the three of them though because they all kind of struggle with it well, a little bit dylan's dylan's working on it big time and he made See, he with, made a good splash at the end when he came up for those 10 games he got like nine points he had a really good last showing and he kept up i don't know if that's really indicative of his skating permanently but he's he's always working on it from what i gather he's always always working on yeah. his skating so hopefully him but i mean as of right now it's got to be ryan because 
His strides got a lot better, I would say. Well, I mean, he's uh, it, it, you just you just watch him like try and keep up and like breaking out and stuff, and he um, he can beat guys coming back now, which is a first. <laughs> yeah. So as a center, you have to do that. So I mean, it's not it's not an option, but I don't know. He's uh, yeah. He's, he's getting there. Get, he's getting there. The, the 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 bus train is not is not pulling out of the station quite yet. Now, on the topic of the Oilers, Ryan Strom signed for two years, by the way. RFA. Who cares? We knew that that was going to happen. The most intriguing signing to me is not Keegan Lowe, but is rather <laughs> Tobias Reeder. What do back. people need to know about Tobias Reeder? <laughs> he's fast, and he scores shorthanded goals sometimes. So he's like Zach Hyman, then. He's, he's Hyman's so not as faster. fast, obviously. He's, he's very, that's the one thing I'll give him. He is, he's one of the fastest guys in the league, for sure. Um, Just, you really? bias watching him in Arizona, No, 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 too. no, no. no. no <laughs> he's, 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 he's fast as hell. And, and that's probably what is literally what's keeping him in the NHL because there's really nothing else memorable about this guy. Uh, he's definitely his best. His, I feel like he's another guy his best years have come and gone. Um, he used to be like a mid-teens goal a year guy, and and which is great because he's a bottom six dude. But he's always on the he's 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 gonna be good on the penalty kill uh, because he's good at getting yeah. it out. Uh, he's good at forechecking, like he'll get it out and then get it before the defenseman does, and it just eats up time. He's he's good in that sense. There's no other way he would really get a contract if someone didn't see him out as anything else than that. But one year for two million can't go wrong. Still still good. Yeah. Go ahead, Carter. Sorry, oh, buddy. I'm just saying, like, like playing the tail end of the season in L.A. can never hurt anybody this past year. Um, so he definitely got some good momentum coming out of, like, that type of environment. And I think Edmonton might be the place for him, like, to shine. I'm, I'm like, a big believer in, like, the right moves at the right times, like, hopping into the organization when they need to. And I think this might, like, like, I know you said his times may have come and gone, but he's a 93. Like, he's not that old. Yeah. Um, he he can still make some waves in Edmonton, I think, if he plays his cards right. Edmonton actually well, I drafted him. Uh, I think fifth round, traded him. Oh really? yeah. Traded him the Coyotes That's for right. Kale Kessie. Remember that guy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, now the interesting thing about him and another guy who I actually don't think is too different from well he hasn't had quite the same point production but i think that this year they're going to try and trade lucic we have already kind of heard about that a little bit but i think they're going to try a guy like tobias reader with mcdavid because he could keep up with mcdavid and another guy i think who will get another look with mcdavid is ty raddy yeah they're I know what you're saying. They're trying to find the the Shiri or the Rust. You know what I mean? Like the guy right. That, it, that's exactly what I was yeah, gonna the guy say. That they yep. can yep. plug in and is unassuming and cheap, and but he's got the, he's got everything good enough to that if you got an elite guy feeding him, you can just keep you the depth going down the chart because you don't need a top line winger. Uh, you can bump down to the second line and spread the wealth about a bit. You know, spread the production. Out yeah. A bit. Um, Does uh, Reader play on the PK at all? Yeah, that's like his bread and butter. That's his yeah. thing, yeah. Oh, yeah, you said that already. Okay. All right, well, let's move to Florida. Um, okay. Not a lot of stuff here. We had Alex Petrovic. Okay, that's, you know, I think it was expected he was probably going to sign a one-year deal, although. 
Yeah, Mike Hoffman's really interesting. Not part of free agency, obviously, but yeah, let's let's talk about Mike Hoffman. Um, that was so, so sketchy. That trade was so funny. I love it. I live for that sketchy shit. <laughs> I will tell you, as I was basically, I as the trade was happening, I was getting notifications on my Apple Watch, and I. Basically, I put two pieces of toast in the toaster and like clicked the, you know, clicked it down to toast it, went into the washroom to fix my hair. And by the time I was putting peanut butter on my toast, he had already <laughs> been dealt to Florida. <laughs> that shit is cool. I love uh, it. What were your what were your initial reactions to the trade, Tim? I well, the initial the initial reaction, to the initial trade, I was like, wow, they got fleeced. And I. Like, all things considered, it wasn't a bad return because, like, that absolute tire fire was happening. Like, that was, I think that was the peak, the, the peak of Ottawa, like, oh my god, how can this get any worse? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the Sharks saw an opportunity and they said, well, we know, exa- they, they, I, I guarantee they knew. Or I, I don't even think they were going to make the deal unless, like, Florida must have, like, Talon must have called and been like, yo, do this and we'll basically pay you to... <laughs> to smuggle this guy out of the Eastern Conference for 20 minutes yeah. and then yeah. get him right. Because cause that was his one order, is like you can't trade him in our division or our conference. Like you got to keep him out west. And it's like, well... <laughs> and Doug Wil- D- <laughs> I was just going to say, Doug Wilson was like, do you want Mikel Bodker? Are you interested in Mikel Bodker? I know the number 89 is already taken in Ottawa, but he would love to go I to Ottawa. I you a slightly used Mikel Bodker. <laughs> yeah like i obviously you have a bit of experience watching bodker play do you think he adds um any like top nine value to ottawa he's been the same player in, on the rangers like kitchener rangers he's been the same player on the coyotes he again he's kind of like a more skilled reader in the sense that he's just super fast he stays on the puck well very streaky with his scoring he's either hot or he is definitely not yeah, um, yeah. so i think he could have he he very well could have a good year in Ottawa uh, because he will probably be the only player left uh, by the end of the, by the start of the season who can actually play hockey. Well, and I think it's interesting too, because Him and Mark Stone. Um, well, and I've got this like really weird vested interest in Mikel Bodker because I I've always, even since like when I was a kid, I loved players that wore 89. I was born in 89. 89 is the number I always wore in ball hockey and stuff like that. And really you've got Alexander McGillney, who's like God tier. And then you've got this fucking scrub wearing 89. And I'm like, fuck you, Mikel Bodker. You're not even that good. And you make my friend Tim upset. And that makes me upset by proxy. So, uh, yeah, like, obviously, Doug Wilson, like, you know, totally robbed them and was able to get Bodker off the books, um, give themselves a little bit of extra cap flexibility. It seemed like part of that move was to create a bit more cap space in the event that they wanted to offer Tavares more money. Oh, um, it was reported yeah. that they were trying to offer him like a 12 or $13 million deal, which is insane. Um, but uh, yeah, it gives gives the the sharks a little bit more cap flexibility. They were able to re-sign like Dylan DeMello, for example, with some of that extra cap space. So I think it makes sense. Um, Frank Vitrano also got a one year deal in Florida, uh, which I think is actually a pretty positive move for Florida. And I really like Michael Hutchinson uh, as well. Talking um, about well used. 
Well, Michael Hutchinson, good berry boy. Um, our friend Paul, you know Paul, obviously works out with Michael Hutchinson in the off season. Um, and kind of a really random story. When I used to work for Rogers years and years ago, his parents were business customers of mine. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, we'll bring you in one of his game-worn Providence Bruins jerseys. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah. Man, it, it never happened. Oh, no, it never happened. I was going to say, I used to, I used to play um, like summer hockey with him. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good did- kid. But he's, um, yeah, he's just, he's been such like a... Like I, I wonder how like daunting that is to be like a career backup goalie. Well, you see all those guys breaking out. Um, I mean, I don't know how he's gonna do that with uh, Luongo in front of him, but I mean that guy's not getting any younger. But um, well, you know, neither is Hutchinson. He's almost thirty. Yeah, he's twenty-eight too. So it's not like he's. I mean, you still you still know your role. You got to play your role. I mean, by now he's yeah. gonna be okay with being a backup goalie at least. Yeah. Are you guys ready for a hot take I have? Okay. I think Hutchinson's better than Reimer. That's that's a ice cold take. <laughs> Is that? I could, I could keep a drink cold for hours with that take. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, he's so why do you say that's? He's definitely. You think than he's? Reimer. Okay. Fine. I just thought like my leaf fan my leaf fan bias would like prevent me from saying that Reimer is not as good as Michael Hutchinson, but here we are. Listen, I'm more of a Barry Ontario fan than I am a Maple Leaf fan, go. so here Pick we are. Uh other than that, Alex Petrovic, who cares? I thought he was gonna get traded to be honest. I but thought he was here gonna get are. selected and in the expansion draft, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, imagine giving up uh all, all like I don't know Riley Smith and <laughs> March or so. Yeah, to keep a guy who's probably going to be your seventh defenseman next year, but that's okay. Way to go, Dale Talon. Um, okay, let's move into L.A. We don't want to talk about Drew Doughty unless we're shit-talking him, which we've already done. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, three years, 6.25. <laughs> Carter and this, this deal didn't even have anything to do with cap circumvention, which I was pretty shocked at considering the last couple deals he's had have been problematic. Uh, what do you guys think about Kovalchuk landing with the LA Kings after he was rumored to go there like a decade ago? I'm just excited to see him back in the NHL. So am I, man. So excited to see Kovi play again. Uh, any thoughts, Tim? I think it's par for the course. Signing another 35-year-old guy to, uh, you know, they get they have like, Probably, I want to say like seventy-five percent of their They're cap co- tied up in like seven guys over the age of thirty-two or thirty. Yeah, it's 30 plus. Kind of grim. And they're holding. It's on. very it, weird. It, it happens to every team that wins the cup or has repeat success. You know, they they were a perennial contender and they still are to some people, but I don't. I think they're done. They signing Kovalchuk was a good good idea. It's probably the best, and they they took advantage of their geographic location of course he wants to go to LA he just wants to party but um, he also wants a chance at success which he does have here I don't you know it, it's it's hard to sign a guy like that who's coming out of the KHL um, at that age and yeah you know he's good but like it doesn't always doesn't always translate for some reason I don't know what that is but uh, I, I hope they yeah next year obviously but that this definitely I think he'll still put up 30 goals. Much cap left, so better. Yeah. Um, 
and they're also kind of they're kind of dry in the cupboards in terms of uh, terms of prospects. So they're gonna have to hit the reset button soon. I mean, besides Kale Clegg and Gabe Velarde, which really don't jump out at me that much to be honest. It's a bit thin. So they gotta just they just gotta keep going. That's all. They just gotta keep gunning for it until everyone retires. Like like the Blackhawks. I think. Like the, like the Penguins. Yeah. I like uh, LA's pick this year. First round pick, Rasmus Kupari, though. Oh yeah, I love it. Love that kid. He's pretty good. I had him, I had him a little um, high on my personal board, but he always becomes a pretty good player in NHL 18. So that's the uh, that's the filter I have. Um, before we move on to Minnesota, um, I realized that I was chewing ice from my pop into the microphone. So sorry about that. Um, Carter and I have been thinking about doing an ASMR uh, podcast. Is that something that you would listen to, Tim? Is that is that when you like is that you like centrally kind of like quietly talk? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I gotta tell a, like a kind of funny story. So there's a guy I work with. He's honestly one of the funniest people ever, and he was trying to. Exp- I knew what ASMR videos were, and you're right. I don't know what ASMR stands for, but it's it's supposed to help people deal with like stress and anxiety, and it's people basically like using their voice or using an object making noises so or like whispering into the microphone so like i'll give you an example tobias reader on connor mcdavid's wing <laughs> <laughs> like shit like that right but he was telling me at work and carter and i i hung out with carter later that day that this happened and he was like yeah dude my girlfriend loves watching these videos there's this girl on youtube who will eat like dill pickles and she'll like crunch the pickle into the microphone and people go nuts like they love it it's amazing and i was like okay give me an example of some of the shit she says and he he's like well she'll bite into the microphone and then she'll go "Mm, that's a good pickle (laughs) (laughs) and i dude i laugh so hard i was crying because somebody out there is listening to this and they're like Mm, that is a good pickle. Like, I don't know. It just, it all kind of weirds me out. So then later that night, Carter and I got drunk and watched ASMR videos. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. It's, did you enjoy that, Carter? Did you take anything away from ASMR videos? No, just, uh, just pickles. That's it. I, I learned the, uh, the stroking the microphone trick. Can you guys hear this? Oh yeah. I know that works. Are you guys, are you guys falling asleep right now? You relaxed? Yeah, and then some guys will like they'll tap shit on the microphone. Yeah, like oh, and this is my Apple iPhone over the <laughs> It really just sounds like shit. Also bought at the new market Apple store. <laughs> can, uh, can we just make all our hot takes ASMR? Like if you wanna if you wanna say a hot take, you have to say it like really <laughs> yeah. Okay, here I got I got one. <laughs> okay, as we move into the Minnesota while, I'll start. Andrew Hammond is a decent depth signing for the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> the Hamburglar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could be, not bad. Course. One year, 650000 That's like league minimum, I think, for the Hamburglar. Um, uh, Greg Patteron, was that not a... Uh, that? Yeah, I don't understand the hype with Greg Patteron. Like, obviously, he played pretty well for Dallas last year, but um, I don't know. I, I don't really – like, they had a lot of signings that, like, Greg didn't Patterson. really make sense uh, to me. 
you have to you have to right yeah ASMR we talked about that, that eric flair okay where fair enough one year one million matt barkowski yeah try it again tim you said what What did I do? A fair pa- like pun? Yeah, you said fair enough. After you said oh fuck! Fair. I didn't even realize that sucks. I never wanted to become a person like that. I'm sorry. That's, that's all I am, so I take offense <laughs> to that. Um, no, it's okay. I like the JT Brown signing, but that's mainly because I like him as a person. I'm not sure if I like <laughs> him as a hockey player, yeah, but as a person, he seems fucking I sick. Could, I couldn't see them signing anyone like big. Or, or to any actual like extent because I, I think Jordan Greenway and some of the younger guys like Luke Coonan might even get a good shot. He, he played a bit last year, I'm pretty sure. Um, and Yeah, do you guys think that Alex Tuck will be able to crack the lineup this year? Uh, so, fuck. <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, a couple of weeks ago actually, uh, it came out that the new GM, because uh, they fired Fletcher, um, yeah, asked, they asked did. For a, uh, asked for sheets Ooh. from, like, team sheets, like, where they'd want to go from uh, Dubnik, Spurgeon, and uh, I think it was Stahl. Uh, and nothing came of that. And there was, uh, besides that rumor of, like, two totally different players where um, uh, the Coyotes and the Wild almost came to a deal sending Niederreiter uh, and Ennis to the Coyotes for Dvorak, Domi, and I think a pick. And I think I think the breaking point on that was we didn't want to give up Dvorak, but uh, we almost got Niederreiter, which I was super pumped on. I still, I honestly still think the Wild and us might still make a trade, or the Wild and the Coyotes still might make a trade. But besides the point, I just thought it was interesting that they're asking. He's asking Dubnik of all players on that team, like. Maybe he's just doing his due diligence and checking out the market, but uh, I think it's a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Spurgeon would probably like a place like Toronto. Um, I actually really like Jared Spurgeon a lot. Yeah, that would great. be That would honestly make me super happy if he somehow made his way. He, uh, there's yeah. a lot of rumors about him getting traded to Boston last year, and nothing obviously came of that. So uh, maybe that happens last minute. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it feels to me like if something like that were to happen, I feel like you'd have to send Tory Krug back the other way, no? Well, that's that's kind of what everyone's thinking, and I don't. That's kind of like a non-move for me. <laughs> I would, be, I, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I I try and trade Spurgeon to the Oilers because apparently they'll just give you whatever you want for a defenseman. So. Yeah, does Jesse Pugliarvi look good in forest green, red, and that like weird cream color that Minnesota well, has? If I don't they know. Could, if they would trade you Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, you could probably get Leandra Seidel for Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Here I am trying to give them like any credence of credit. No. I'm just not doing no. that today. Um, let's move into arguably one of the most hilarious tire fires that we've seen for the last 12 months carter plug your ears uh the montreal canadians are they the worst hockey team in canada or would ottawa take the throne right now tim oh man it's so hard i like them both for candidates of uh, worst ever to be ever um one is by design and one is to no fault of the gm mm, i don't know if <laughs> i think they're both not like i think 
don't both think GMs Dorian's are like, bad. I don't think Dorian's walking on water by any sense of the term, but he is definitely handcuffed by Melnick. He's definitely handcuffed by ownership. Ownership is running the show. Uh, he always kind of has been. Um, I feel like Dorian has no actual say in what happens for most of the trades. I feel like uh, Bergevin has keys to the kingdom, nothing but cash. He's running one of the most historic franchises in all of sports, and he's driving it into the ground quicker than a rented lawn aerator. <laughs> it's, it's honestly... Like, I just want to quickly touch on um, some of the stuff that came out of Montreal in the last couple of days about how uh, Pacioretty's been approached that they're not going to be re-signing him to a contract extension. Hypothetically, let's just say that several years ago when the P.K. Subban trade happened, that there was, and we don't know this, but let's say that there was some animosity between Pacioretty and P.K. Subban, and that at that point in time, Mark Bergevin had to make a decision. Are we going to keep P.K. or are we going to trade, you know, are we going to keep P.K. or are we going to trade, or rather keep Max Pacioretty? Um, Has that just completely blown up in their face in terms of the fact that not only are they terrible at asset management, but they ran one superstar out of town to chase out another one two and a half, three years later. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to delay it till farther into the uh, Well, we are talking about That's the next team, buddy. Um, <laughs> That's what we're talking about. No, no. It's, it's just it's tough to watch them like, do the steady decline. And then we, when we have all of this like, shit happening with Weber and stuff like that, he was really basically like our only shining light. And then he's had his surgery, and so, like, like, I don't know. And then Placana coming back, like, this is, it's, it's, it's not looking good. Like, they're definitely going to take the crown for the worst team in Canada next season. Ottawa's going to climb out of the hole, and Montreal's going to be the worst next season. Yeah, they just, I feel like they've made some really stupid moves. And if you look at, well... And, and even like, okay, so they re-signed Jacob De La Rose, fair enough. I think at one point people thought that he might materialize into something, but probably like a 3-4 like center, um, maybe centering a little bit on the penalty kill or something. Michael Shep, who's a depth guy who's probably going to play in Laval. Same with Kenny Agostino. Matthew Pekka, who is relatively unknown guy was in Tampa's system played for Syracuse the last couple of years I think he got called up to Tampa a few times they gave this guy a two-year 1.3 million dollar contract and he hasn't done too much yeah. and they did something similar with Xavier Ulay or Ulet, however you pronounce it and I'm pretty much convinced that the only reason he got a deal was because he's French yeah exactly Placanic makes sense we knew Placanic was going to come back and uh, it's well documented that I think Max Domi is also a piece yeah. of shit uh, so like what the fuck are like, they doing Pecker, like, like listen Pecker I don't get it like, very, like that was such a like I, I get that Syracuse like is very good at like weaning players to like naturally transition like up and like they're they're the type of like AHL program that doesn't lock their players there, like they really try and put out like a good product like a product and we see a lot of good players come out of Syracuse, but like Pekka's one that like back and forth to Syracuse because he wasn't good enough he didn't buy into the coaching system there and he never evolved from the program, um, and then 
like, I, I don't know, like, I, I didn't, like, Domi coming, like, that was, like, we got the shit into the stick for sure. And then I'm not sure what, like, like, Nami, like, I, I'm not sure. I'm, it's like watching a tire fire, and then people are throwing more tires on it, and then there's, like, a gravitational pull towards it. And, like, you just keep getting closer to the tire fire and you don't want to. So, Brandon Gallagher, he's not getting any younger. Um, he's in his prime. He's a right-handed right winger. He's probably the only roster player left on that team. Um, do you think they trade him this year if they completely just fall flat? you think they move a guy like that and try and cash in for a rebuild? Absolutely. Like, what have you got to lose? Like, no one did anything for, of any value for Montreal last year. Like, the like the best thing that they could have done was just continue to lose at the end of the season. They still fucked that up somehow. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And so, seriously, they just shot their, like, their pick in the foot. So it's, I don't know, I, I say absolutely 110% get as much money as you can out of Gallagher right now. And like aim to like shoot for the stars because right now you're you're digging up dirt and it's you're you're not finding anything but shit you know. Yeah, that's part of it, and I think the other thing that makes it a bit challenging as well is that, um, you know, you. You do these things, like, for example, the Weber stuff. Like, I was the first person to say Montreal had a great draft. I think that they got a lot of value out of those, like, 100 second-round picks that they had. Um, Kotkaniemi seems to be a fairly decent prospect. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kotkaniemi, so I hope you And I don't dislike him. However, we've been told time and time and time again not to draft for position to draft best player available <laughs> Philip Zadina or or Quinn Hughes whomever you want to look at it were the best players on the board and they still chose to draft a guy who yeah maybe his upside's quite high but they were still drafting for a positional need you don't know what that team is going to look like when Kotkaniemi is ready he is two years away from being two years away so why are you drafting a guy right now who you know, we don't even know what that team is going to look like. And I think you said something a few minutes ago, Carter, I just wanted to quickly touch on. And that was, or I think it may have been Tim who said that Gallagher was arguably like the only roster player that they have. Okay. I'm not going to ASMR this because I just get so worked up fucking thinking about it. They should have traded Carey Price a year ago. Yeah. A hundred percent. Ding, 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 ding. Because they keep wasting money on this eggshell. Like it's right. Well, look at it this way. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that they could have probably dealt a guy like Carey Price to a team that is fucking desperate for goaltending. Yeah. You got a team like the New York Islanders, for example, who have some decent prospect depth at goaltending. They've got Jakob Skarik and they've got Linus Soderstrom as well, who are decent goaltending prospects. But you need a good goalie three years ago. You certainly need a good goalie now. They had 
two first round picks. I'm not saying both of them could have went back in a trade, but now you're wasting Carey Price's prime, having a subpar. Uh, defense in front of him and arguably a worse forward core uh, if they end up moving on from guys um, you know like Gallagher um, and Pacioretty and it's just like perpetuating the fact that they at some point or another will need to rebuild the team and I think the first kind of domino to fall would have been to move Carey Price do you guys agree with me do um, you disagree with me well if you think of like if you put it in terms of like old NHL this was like the Leafs, like Aki Berg era, while they were like had Belfour still, like that's like the kind of thing that we're looking at. You have this like all-star goaltender that like is playing around all of these like players who have no idea how to mesh with one another, and they're just consistently failing at every step of the way, pissing off their fan base, pissing off like the league, <laughs> like, and so finally, as soon as they dish Belfour things start to well then the lockout happened and then the Leafs kind of like did a slow climb out of the slump um to where they are now but I like they're 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 in the like Ackieberg Leaf days is how I kind of yeah don't you besmirch the good name of Ackieberg my friend oh my god I'll besmirch him as much as I want (laughs) (laughs) uh and this this Domi stuff sorry Tim I know you're I don't know if you're as much of a fan as you used to be but I gotta get this off my chest I was reading this shit uh today on my lunch break that was uh Max Domi pandering to Canadians fans talking about how the reason he's wearing uh number 13 is because Matt Sundin was his favorite player and his his dad played with Matt Sundin, obviously, and that he talked to Matt Sundin and got his approval to wear number 13 for the Montreal Canadiens. You skip one more paragraph and it says, I need to make it perfectly clear. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying exactly what he said, but the message was, I grew up a Maple Leafs fan, but like, there's no doubt about it. I hate the Leafs now. I am all in for Montreal and all this shit. And I'm just thinking like... <laughs> Okay, like, <laughs> why are you why are you selling? Like, I get he's selling hope. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe he thinks he's captain material at some point later on down the line, and that's why he's kind of pandering to the Habs fans a little bit. But as a Habs fan, Carter, like, do you buy into this shit, or does he? You know, is he delusional at this point? Well, no, you gotta stick to your guns. Like, I'm a Habs fan and like to a fault but you like you don't waver on your convictions like that like I'm a Habs fan but like I'm a player follower and I love like watching good hockey and as much as I'm a Habs fan I do not enjoy watching Habs hockey so for someone to like flip-flop back and forth in their story so much like this basically goes against like inherently like what we're about as like hockey fans you know what I mean like it's it's kind of bold. they're just he's just kissing the ass of the spoon that's feeding right well and I think you can change your your allegiance like I get that listen I'm the first person to say that you know there were some very rough years as a Leaf fan where I was definitely following other teams a little bit more closely enjoying some of the stuff that well, other teams I mean. were doing like, I was a Habs fan like all the way growing up but I loved watching like the Colorado Avalanche when they had like Forsberg, Sackick, Blake, Haydu, Wah, like. Oh, yeah, uh, you're also missing Adam Foot. Thank you very much. I, 
do you want me to name the whole roster, all all eighteen All Stars that were on that team? Yeah, I think who is the backup goaltender? <laughs> who even cares? Abishur. It was oh, Abishur. Yeah, You're no right. Way. And he was he was awesome. Yeah. And and so unreal. like obviously like your but your allegiances don't change. Like I I loved watching the Colorado Avalanche, but I was I always watched them wearing a Habs jersey like as a kid, you know. Yeah. So I just think that it's like him putting a line in the sand like I uh, like I uh you know he didn't say anything about like hating the Maple Leafs or maybe he did. I can't remember the verbiage that he had, but I I don't know. I think he wants to I think he wants to build a wall between uh Toronto and Montreal MAGA. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, Ty Domi the diabetic racist. <laughs> Moving forward. Um <laughs> not that I have anything against diabetes and he has a cute dog, but he's a fucking asshole. Uh, moving forward, Tim, do you want the last word on Ty Domi? Because I think as an Arizona fan, Max Domi, who did I say? Ty. Ty Yeah. Do you have any parting words for Ty Domi about his shitty son? (laughs) All right. You bald midget. (laughs) Guys, this is how, this is how big Ty Domi's hands are. Yeah. He's got some mitts for sure. Bear paws. He doesn't even have I fingers. Did. When I was younger and played soccer, um, which is topical to World Cup, go Croatia. Uh, <laughs> I, you kn- Their president could get it. Hundy oh, sure. P, rocket. Now, you had to, you know, when you were a kid, you got like little sports cards done. Like if you played hockey, you had a hockey card, whatever. I had soccer nope. cards. And it said when I was filling out the form when I was a kid, like, who's your favorite soccer player? This is a great story. And of course, like, fuck, I didn't watch soccer. I just played it because my parents told me I could play it. And my stepdad was like, uh, I'm pretty sure Ty Domi plays soccer in the offseason. So why don't you put Ty Domi? <laughs> so my co- my soccer card as a kid says that my favorite soccer player is Ty Domi. Nice. Pyro, favorite player, <laughs> Ty Domi. That is what they call a callback. Great job. All right, so moving forward, we have Nashville and New Jersey. And boys, I'll be honest, I thought that we were going to be able to get through this list a bit quicker, uh, but obviously there's there's lots of stuff to talk about, and it's the off-season, so we can keep doing um, several more episodes until we get through it. I'm also waiting for Eric Carlson to get traded to Tampa Bay, and luckily they're at the end of the <laughs> list, so the more that we play this out, the better. We're just going to skip through Nashville and New Jersey really quick, and then we'll pick up on the next episode at the Islanders nothing really big happened with the Islanders in the last couple of weeks so I'm not sure there's a lot to talk uh, about there they made, some, they made some pretty decent signings uh, Ross Johnson well they just made a bunch of bad ones oh they signed Johnson they signed Kunak they signed, Kunak they signed Hickey bad. twice guys they signed we're spoiling it guys they also signed Jan Kovar from the KHL but uh, Nashville uh, really quickly they signed Zach Ronaldo um, which you know impact player at all all areas of the ice for sure Uh, just joking Um, and then we have Eddie Lack re-signed one year in New Jersey New Jersey actually oh New Jersey pardon me (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for ASMRing that. Uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off with the Islanders. Tim, are you going to join us for the next episode? Why You're not? in for the long haul, buddy. Uh, Tim, where can people find all of your steaming hot takes? <laughs> steaming hot. Steaming hot takes. 
Uh, I don't don't really post much anything of that's non coyotes related on um, my old uh, Twitter bot there uh, at Yotes Trade Central. <laughs> Not hey, wait, is that actually ran uh, by a bot? Oh, you run it. I am a bot. <laughs> no. I post yeah. things quicker than his. Than his some, brother some Ben is a robot. Guys. He runs the coyote. Store. I always had my suspicions about Ben, and now I know. Yeah, don't get him wet. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> Not like us, right, boys? Uh, you are lubed all the time. Uh, so that's where people can find your stuff. And uh, real quick, what's your favorite Coyotes jersey that you have? That I have? Let me show you. Oh, the people at home can't see, but is I it, will vouch is for it them. Your, is it your oh. Jeremy Roenick jersey? Uh, no, it's... It's my uh, desert scene Rick Tockett up in the corner. Oh, that's nice. sick. The coyote head. And the, Love yeah. it. Definitely definitely tied between that and my Captain OEL jersey that I can't even wear yet. Yeah, he'll get named Captain at some point, though, right? <laughs> we'll see. He made a big donation to some kid's hospital. Oh, so they might trade him then. <laughs> that seems to be yeah. a bit of a thing in the NHL. Like, oh, do something really nice for a kid's hospital? Hope you like country music. See you later. <laughs> They might, they might trade him to the 2002 National Predators for Jan Volpat. <laughs> Great throwback. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to episode 18. We're going to be, be – I just stuttered there. We are going – we're going to be, be – no. We will be back for episode 18 uh, probably early next week. You can uh, listen and follow along on Twitter. You can follow me at CKillingsworth9 and follow Carter at Carter Lupel. Where can people follow you again, Tim? Um, on Twitter, at Yodes Trade Central, or at Tim Zua, on Instagram, at Pizza. <laughs> uh, and your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> uh, it's just Tim Wa. I have no profile picture. Uh, because I don't You're an egg. Love it. Uh, remember, <laughs> you can listen to Hosers on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or leave a comment on SoundCloud. We already talked about our Twitter thing. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for checking it out. And... Eric Carlson to where do you think he's going, Tim? Dallas, Dallas Carter. Oh, I don't. I, I think Tampa as well. Okay, and I think he stays in Ottawa, and they figure it out. Oh, I'm just joking. Can you whisper okay. that to the mic, Chris? Whisper <laughs> in the mic. Uh, some Ottawa fans might find that sensual. Okay, I'll, this is my last ASMR clip for the episode. I think that Eric Carlson stays and he works everything out with Eugene Melnick and they end up going out and just hugging it out and that's it. Okay, that's <laughs> it guys. I won't quit my day job. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>